Generations Church exists to glorify God in our community, to make disciples of Jesus, and to multiply churches so that the next generation is equipped to glorify God better than we did. Welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. My name is Rob Samuelson. I'm an elder here at Generations Church. With me, as always, is my good friend and the lead pastor at Generations, Jeff Luddington. And uh, last week, if you joined us, we had mentioned that we are continuing our series on questions from the classroom, but we would like some more questions. So we asked you guys to send in questions, and unfortunately, a couple people actually listened to us. We didn't expect them to do what we asked no, them to nobody do. Nobody listens to us ever. They sent in questions, and those then they got an error message that the questions were not getting through to us, and we weren't <laughs> seeing them. Fortunately, we know them, and they contacted us and said, "Hey, you know, false advertising. You're not letting us ask questions." So we think we have that fixed now. So. If you have some questions you'd like us to answer on a future podcast, send them to questions at generations.email, and we're, we're we hopeful. We will actually get them this time. We will. We will, and we will add them to our list of questions. So this week, as we continue our questions from the classroom series, we actually have a question that's kind of a follow-up to an earlier episode we did. The question is this, is it hypocritical to say you're pro-life when it comes to abortion but you are also in favor of the death penalty? It's a good question. It is a great question. So going back to one of our prior episodes, actually episode 24, for those of you keeping score at home, that question was, <laughs> can you be pro-choice and Christian? And so, Jeff, can you summarize what we talked about in that episode? In one word, no. Oh, that's on, not man. good enough. Come on, take a 20-minute episode and just down to like two minutes. All right, I can do that. I can do that. So can you be pro-choice... And Christian. So really the question is, because choice isn't really the question, it's can you support abortion and be consistent with Christianity? That's really the question, and um, the answer would be, it, the, the answer lies in what does God consider a life? And so we talked about life being, uh, uh, so that a child is a, alive, it's a life in the womb from conception on forward. That's a cultural conversation today. Uh, when is it a life? There's heartbeat laws being passed in certain states. There's uh, Others are pushing for late-term abortion or full-term abortion. Until it takes its first breath, you can abort. Uh, we would say this, that the Bible, and we quoted some scripture. You're going to get some scripture in a minute. The Bible, meaning God says that it's a life from conception on forward. So some of the verses we used uh, in that episode, uh, and some of these really famous ones that are used quite often, Jeremiah 1, verses 4 and 5, Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And Psalm 139, 13 and 14, For you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. And so just the idea that right. God knows us in the womb. It's not after we're born that all of a sudden we start a relationship with God. Yeah. I think those can feel, if all we had was that, I think those can feel a little theoretic. Before I formed you, I knew you. But God knows everything, right? Like, I mean, that's I, I get where people can say, hey, I'm not sure what I think about that one. Or I knit you together in, in your mother's womb. Okay. But the one I really like, uh, Exodus 21, and it's kind of a funny story. It talks about two men getting in a fight and a pregnant woman being near that and it affecting the child. So here's what it says. When I mean, this men's is your idea of a funny story? 
Okay, well, so funny like peculiar. Sure. Yeah, I do have a weird sense <laughs> of humor. The, I'm gonna I go with the peculiar. comedy value here. Well, you know, maybe if I tell it inside of a knock knock joke, oh, I don't know. All so right. anyhow, all right. Exodus twenty one twenty three to twenty five says this: When men strive together and hit a pregnant woman, you're right. This is not comedy. Okay, I got gotcha. you. All right. When they hit a woman so that her chi- children come out, but there is no harm, the one who hit her shall surely be fined, as the woman's husband shall oppose on him, and he shall pay the ju- as the judges determine. So here's, let me set this up. So a pregnant woman, two men get in a fight, and somehow they hit this woman and cause the children to be born, but they're born healthy. There might be a penalty for what happens, but, and it's the, it's the but that the rest of it matters. Verse 23. But if there is harm, then you shall pay, listen, life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. But if these two men who get in a fight somehow affect this woman, hit this woman, cause this woman to miscarry, is what they're saying, or cause that child to come out blind, okay, then it's, and and here's what's important, life for life. So here's what God is saying that that is a life before it is born, right? It is a life. That's a child. It's not a clump of cells. It's not a fetus. You can call it a fetus. I get that's a scientific term, but it's not just a clump of cells. It's actually a life. And if you cause that life to end, you're accountable. Right. So those are things we talked about in that previous episode. Uh, and so that brought up this question. Uh, let me recite the question again. Is it hypocritical to say you're pro-life when it comes to abortion, but you are also in favor of the death penalty. Right. And so I'll just admit, yeah, it does sound hypocritical when you use the term sure. pro-life, and then you say you're pro-death when it comes to the death penalty. So let's start just with the terms. Do you think those are accurate terms to use for your position? I think I caused the question when I said I don't often use the term pro-life about myself. And, and here's why. When we when we label things, right? Remember the, the original question for episode 24 is, can you say you're a Christian? Is it consistent with Christianity to say you're pro-choice, right? Well, pro-choice isn't really what we're talking about. We're talking about pro-abortion, but that doesn't look good on a bumper sticker. So pro-choice is the branded way of saying it. And pro-life is the branded way of saying anti-abortion, right? Those are the things that you can put on a slogan or whatever. But let's be honest about what we're talking about here. Are we pro-abortion or anti-abortion? I would just consider myself anti-abortion because I think it's a, a real life. It's an innocent life that is being terminated, right, ended. Now, on the other side, I wouldn't call myself pro-death penalty either, but I would say that Scripture gives us conditions where the death penalty is an appropriate response. When Someone walks in and commits a mass shooting, goes to a school and shoots up a classroom and, and children die. You know, people die. It doesn't matter what age, but people die. It's intentional. It's planned out. It's thought, it, you know, thought in advance. Then the death penalty is an appropriate response from the world that we live in, right? That the penal system can terminate that life. The death penalty can be appropriate. And so we're talking about terms. Is this about death penalty? Is this about the abortion? But where it really comes down is, I think, and we'll, I think we'll talk about this at the end, but innocent life versus someone who has been convicted in a guilty life, right? A, a guilty person. Um, there's some irony in this that those who do champion abortion, those who push for late-term abortion or abortion under any circumstances, whatever else it might be, 
Um, not the nuclear option, not the, you know, rape, incest, you know, mother's life's in danger. Those who are for abortion, right? Those are often some of the same ones that are anti-death penalty. And I just don't get sometimes the rationale for not defending an innocent life and yet, you know, championing or, or fighting for guilty life. And I, I'm not fighting for the death penalty. I'm saying that Scripture, God, God speaking, says there are circumstances that can result in an execution, a, a death penalty, that are valid. All right, so after clearing up the terms, so not using pro-life, but pro, pro or anti-abortion. Right. And then you're okay with the death penalty. Right. Right, so it is does seem to be consistent that you can be against abortion and in favor of the death penalty or... or and I think biblical, because who right. cares what I think, right? I mean, I'm ultimately, we're asking, what does the Bible say? It is consistent with Christianity to be opposed to abortion and at some level find circumstances that the death penalty is okay. Or even, I'll add one to the equation, is there a case for being in the military, you know, being a soldier, taking a life, things like that. And so, yes, there are biblical ways to parse out what is different one than the other. Okay, so let's just focus for a few minutes on the death penalty because okay. we didn't talk about that in a previous episode. Right. Um, so what do you see are the parameters as to when the death penalty should or should not be used? So I know what you mean, but I'm going to say it again. It's not what I say, right? What, what ground rules or, or parameters, like you said, does the Bible use condoning a death penalty? And, and we're going to leave war out today, but I'll reference it one more time. Exodus 20, verse 13, gives us the ten, well, Exodus 20 gives us the Ten Commandments. Verse 13 is the command that says, you shall not commit murder. There was some mistranslation in uh, the King James Version uh, about 600 years ago when it was written, or 500 years ago when it was written, whatever it was, uh, and it said, you shall not kill. It's one of the few translations that have ever said that, but that's not exactly accurate. The accurate part is murder. So let's start off with murder. Moses, same author, you know, God speaking through Moses, putting, we'll call it pen to paper, you know what I mean. In Numbers 35, says this, and it's, it's in a long conversation, we're jumping in the middle, but it says, and if he struck him down, a person, struck him down with a stone tool that could cause death, and he died, he is a murderer. The murderer shall be put to death, verse 18, the next verse. And if he struck him down with a wooden tool that should cause death, and he died, he is a murderer. The murderer shall be put to death. So here's what we're hearing. Murder can result in a death penalty that God says that that's valid, right? So this is, murder is different. This is someone lies in wait. Someone sits up today and, you know, tomorrow and plots out how to take someone else's life, right? That's different than I'm driving to work today and it's rainy and my car gets out of control. I get in a car accident and someone else dies. That's not murder. That's, an, that's a tragic accident, right? Now, again, it can get blurry. What if I was drinking and I drove and I caused the accident? That's another conversation. But murder is murder. You plot out the death of someone else. You go confront that person with the intention of killing them. You go to a school and open fire the intention, or, you know, it doesn't have to be a school. I used that earlier, but like whatever that Route 66 uh, concert was, where the guy opens up fire from uh, a balcony onto a crowd. Like that's murder, right? That's different manslaughter is a different thing and we get our definition in America today from some rooted from some biblical sources so numbers 35 same chapter 
about four or five verses later, says, but if he, this theoretical man, pushed him suddenly without enmity or hurled anything on him without lying in wait or used a stone that could cause death and without seeing him, dropped it on him so that he died, though he was not his enemy and did not seek his harm, then the congregation shall judge between the manslayer and the avenger of blood. Long story short, manslaughter comes from this. And it gives an example. If you get in a fight, and something happens and a person dies, but that was not your intention. Or you're working on a building and you push something off a building, right? And it falls on someone and kills them. My example is you're driving to work, your car, you lose control of your car, you get in a car accident somehow and somebody tragically dies. That can be viewed as manslaughter. You can be guilty of taking a life and not be guilty of murder. Does that all make sense? Is that all, I've kind of talked for a long time. So what are you hearing when I say that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think if we if we look at this again, you made a good point. We're trying to figure this out biblically, right? And it does sound like there is definitely a biblical point to be made that the the life in the womb is a life and needs to be protected, right? And that someone who commits murder that willfully kills someone else, their life can be forfeited. That they can Correct. they can Forfeited's lose their life word. because of that. Um, so again, just to, just you know, for consistency purposes, what's the difference here? And also, I think just to be, we need to make sure we're not, people aren't, don't think we're equating abortion with murder um, or being a murderer. And so what do you see just as, as the consistency with being against one and for the other, just to wrap up? Yeah. I want to come back to the, to the, the woman who's had an abortion. I want to talk about that in a second, but I want to go back to Exodus 21 first. And this is the two men striving together, hit a woman, cause the children to be uh, born or miscarried. Born, fine, we move on, right? Miscarried. Here's what it says in it's Exodus 21, verse 23. But if there is harm, then you shall pay life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, blah, 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 goes on, right? So here's the deal. You can pay life for life. Like if you take an innocent life, you deserve to pay with your life in certain circumstances, so we'll call that the death penalty. Typically, the thing that creates a death penalty case in America, in Scripture, there's, ex- there's exceptions to this, but typically it's murder, right? In America today, it's premeditated murder. You think about it with forethought and malice, and then you commit murder, right? It's not manslaughter. It's not, you know, negligent homicide. If you leave the if you leave a safety off a gun and your child plays with it and tragically they die, you're guilty of negligence, which is fair, but you're not a murderer, right? And so murder is typically what God is talking about when we talk about the death penalty. So let's go back to that. The woman that's listening right now and feels like, okay, I've had an abortion. I took an innocent life. And I knew what I was doing. I, I knew I was going to the clinic for an abortion, right? Am I now being called a murderer? And I know, I know there are right-wing conservative Christians out there that will pick it in front of an abortion clinic and call those women murderers. And I, I don't, that's not what I'm doing right now, right? That's not what we are doing. I don't even say that's what the Bible is doing. Here's what happened. Our culture has redefined life wrongly, I think. We've redefined life as something that breathes or, you know, is post-birth, right? And can sustain itself, live on its own. And the Bible doesn't do that, right? The Bible makes a distinction of life inside the womb as well as outside the womb. Uh, We also, you know, kind of 
look at this and say, when we see the passage in the Bible, we're looking back to a theocracy where God was the king over Israel out in the wilderness, right, with a prophet speaking on his behalf, and they were writing down these laws. We live in a different world. So I am, I, I think as a Christian, I should advocate against abortion. But if you go back and listen to uh, episode 24, where we talk about abortion, I also say we should advocate for young women in crisis pregnancies. Like, we shouldn't just say one thing is wrong. We should be a solution. We should be the solution, right? We should walk with women who find themselves pregnant, young girls who find themselves pregnant, whatever it might be, right? And we should be willing to walk with them, take that child, uh, you know, not take, but adopt, welcome that child, or help young women who find themselves in that circumstance raise those children, whatever it might be. But then I can also look at these extraordinary cases of murder, uh, things like that. And I can be consistent and say, I, I think that that is, that's what, that the death penalty is appropriate in certain, circumstance, certain circumstances. I'm not out championing the death penalty, right? And I don't even know that the Bible is championing death penalties, right? But I think there's a time and a place. I think there's also a time and a place right now to reimagine this conversation around life and talk about unborn life in a way that is advocating for life, but also advocating for young women or any age women, doesn't matter what age you are, but advocating for women who find themselves pregnant and not really in the best place to raise children. Those are fair things. Christianity doesn't do a good job at advocating for good things, just, uh, you know, against bad things, right? And we should be advocating for helping, walking with young children, young women, crisis pregnancies, being with that, so that abortion goes away, right? It becomes the exception, not the rule. And I think the other thing is that, that we really need to help redefine life, that every life, even before it's born, is life, right? And we, I think we can do that in Scripture, and we can walk with people differently. Great. Yeah, I think it's, it's, this question came about because it sounded inconsistent, the two viewpoints. Sure. And uh, I think it's important as Christians, as believers, that we dig into our positions and our opinions um, and make sure they are consistent. And not only that, but more important than that, make sure they're biblical. Right. And that's what we were trying to do today. So hopefully we shed some light on that. We want to thank you for listening. Again, if you'd like to send us some questions... You can send those to questions at generations.email, and we now should get those. Uh, we, ask, we will, I swear. We will get them. Yes, we actually tried it earlier, and it seemed to work. Um, we do ask that you, wherever you get your podcast, that you uh, share with your friends, that you like it, that you subscribe to it. Um, we'd love to get these in as many uh, ears as we can, as people uh, hopefully can discuss these, and, and maybe this will open up some great discussions. So may God bless you this week, and we'll release a new one next Tuesday. Amen.